0: Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. Boy, do we have a special episode for you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you follow us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Also, make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Attractions underscore GRP. Now, our special guest tonight is one of the biggest guests we could ever possibly have. He's a multi-time author. (laughs) He's a multi-time author, including books like Time management magic for a life at Disney, career magic, the three E's for a se- successful career and creating magic, 10 common sense leadership strategies from a life at Disney. Ladies and gentlemen, the retired VP of operations for Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, Mr. Lee Cockrell. How are you doing, Lee?
1: Hey there. Yeah, I get introduced again. I'm back at Disney. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so lee tell us a little bit about yourself i mean you are retired but you're very very busy um talk about the different projects you're involved with but uh you know maybe even go back to you know the beginning how you got started and all this yeah well it was kind of uh
1: i guess i got lucky i grew up on a little farm in oklahoma and i tell everybody we were poor as could be although when you're a kid you don't know you're poor if you get dinner so uh we didn't even have indoor plumbing. My mother ended up getting married five times, so she was kind of busy. Uh, my grandmother happened to be next door, so that's why I'm not totally crazy. And uh, yeah, I uh, lived on this farm until we moved into the city and then uh, my husband number four, I've been adopted twice. I got my name Cocker when I was 16. My husband number four, he was rich which was good, so I got to go to college. And I went to Oklahoma State University for two years and promptly flunked out because I didn't go to class, but I had a lot of fun. And then I went in the Army, because in those days, you either went in the Army or you stayed in college. And uh, so I went in. And uh, when I got out of the Army, I went to Washington, D.C., got a job at the Hilton Hotel. It was the first time I'd ever been out of Oklahoma, and I was 20 years old, never been in a hotel, never been anywhere. So I got a job as a banquet waiter and um, I just tried to be the best little banquet waiter they ever had. I said, since I didn't have a college degree, I made sure I had a good attitude and I was very reliable, I'm very organized. And uh, actually I served Conrad Hilton at the opening reception, a glass of champagne (laughs) and the old man who started the company and uh, stayed with Hilton eight years, worked in New York, Washington, got married. Uh, My wife was in the Washington Hilton she was working. We had a baby. Moved to Chicago at Conrad Hilton, and then to the Waldorf Astoria in New York, and then to the Los Angeles Hilton. And then from there, I left and joined Marriott, and spent 17 years with them. I eventually became the vice president of food and beverage planning for the company uh, worldwide. And um, then I was a, got it. I wanted to be a general manager, and I got a job as a general manager. And then I got recruited by Disney and to go to France and open Disneyland Paris and my wife was so excited to go to Paris she made me take the job we went to Paris and uh, it was the best decision I ever made I stayed there three years and I was asked to come to Orlando I'd never worked in Orlando before Uh, I'd gone straight to France when I joined Disney and uh, I came back as the head of the uh, uh, senior vice president of the head of the resorts the hotels and then a couple of years later, I got promoted to be in charge of all operations at Walt Disney World, which I'm still surprised today. I guess I had them fooled; they thought I knew what I was doing, and I did that for 10 years. And then I retired and started my own little company where I do keynote speeches, I do seminars, really all over the world. I think I've been to 48 countries now. The message: everybody's got the same problems. You need to hire good people, train them, and keep them so it doesn't matter what country you're in and so and the his name of course resonates well I if it was just cockerel I probably wouldn't have any speaking engagement since I have Disney on there and they think I know what I'm doing so and uh, it's great it's fun I love doing it Uh, people are really anxious to learn today about how to uh, reduce turnover keep people committed uh, be different than everybody else in their customer service of their organization and uh, so I'm real busy right now doing that and my wife Priscilla and I've been married 54 years she goes with me on trips if she likes where I'm going (laughs) but uh, uh, yeah we have three grandkids I have a son who's 53 he's uh, was with Disney 25 years he ran the Magic Kingdom Epcot the studio and all-star resort and some others, and he's out doing what I'm doing now. He's in Australia doing seminars right now with his wife. So we kind of, the whole family worked for Disney one time for six days and parents, we all had a name tag uh, get, during the opening. <laughs> my wife helped out. So they gave her a name tag. So that was a, uh, that's kind of my life. And uh, we live in Orlando and um I just uh, like to talk about leadership management, customer service, culture, because it's a new young generation, you know, if you don't treat them right and, and get them involved, they, they quit, they don't stay with. They're not like me. They won't take a beating for, t- for 50 years. They just get up and move to another company. And uh, so companies that haven't figured that out yet are having a lot of problems. Uh, you can't have any bosses anymore. You gotta be a teacher. People want to, you got to be teaching people, maybe they got to be learning or they'll walk out, they'll work on to the next company. And I don't care what industry, not just theme parks and hotels and restaurants, every industry is suffering. And so it's a whole, it's that tipping point. The world has changed. I, I wrote a paper, I said, the world has changed. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. If you haven't, you're not, you're going to have a pretty miserable life running your company. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard when these big crisis, happen and everything gets flipped around. Yeah. So we've been through the last three years. Everybody has. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, one of the things I've noticed, like going through your books as well as your, uh, your podcast, and we we will link your podcast, uh, in the description in this is, um, you know, you talk about customer service, you talk about, you know, a bunch of the different facets of running a business, but a, a lot of it just kind of like pours back to leadership and how you lead. Um, what do you think is the difference between somebody that's a leader? and somebody that's a great leader?
1: Well, I think, you know, I always start out, I think a lot of people are, uh, kind of think management and leadership are the same. And I try to define that. I even did work for the military and defined it for them because they kind of had it mixed up too. People think leadership and management is the same thing sometimes. And, you know, management's about just getting things done. It's, you get a list, you take it off. It's keeping things under control, safety, budget, uh, on time, uh, you put them in your planner, you check them off and you get them done. That's management's about doing. And I tell people leadership's about being, being ethical, being honest, being trusted, being there, having to, being, being able to have hard discussions, being able to make hard decisions. Uh, you know, the, just those, who are you, not what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, the number one thing, the great leaders are trusted. They, you know, that's it. They, they're, out and about they're available they the cast members their employees don't consider them the boss I always told people I don't want to be the boss I don't want people reporting to me I want them working with me because <laughs> I'll get more done if they're they and I said yeah when I sat at the table with six of my direct reports I do have one more vote than they do but I, I hardly ever use it because when you got when you hire really great people they 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 we, we make the right decisions when we sit at the table and I never want anybody intimidated and not telling me. That's why I had success. I'm not too smart, but I kept, out, <laughs> I, kept I kept employed because I listen to people who know what they're doing. And today you can't be an expert in everything. It's too complex. I mean, God, you just think about the technology and engineering and retail and security and transportation. Uh, You got to have the experts. And I tell people today, young people, become an expert in something. You'll always be secure. Become an expert. Be the go to person that you know. Everybody knows you're the go to person and uh, you keep up. You just keep getting better as things change. And uh, it's you know, it's not hard to be successful. (laughs) Just be nice to people, train them, uh, treat them. Right. I always try to read them right. You won't have any problems. <laughs> so, and get rid of the people you make mistakes. When you hire the wrong person, you got to deal with that. And that's leadership dealing with hard things. Uh, people. Don't, that's where most people get in trouble. They won't deal with the hard things. They let them go, and then you know you let your health go. You let your uh, have the wrong people. and You don't deal with them. Eventually, it bites you. And but because we don't like to do hard things because they're hard. <laughs> and uh that's the one thing i tell people the most important thing is discipline the discipline to do the right thing and leaders do the right thing and usually the right thing is hard <laughs> you know and hard things are usually the right thing it's just kind of a simple concept to remember if you don't want to
2: do it it's probably hard <laughs> <laughs> that's true exactly with that you know lee when you're talking about leadership and that uh, you know sometimes you know because somebody has a title or whatever. You know, that doesn't make them a good leader. And then there's other people that they don't have the titles. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't need that. I, I don't think you need that to to be a leader. You just need to yeah, be yeah. able to inspire and, you know, motivate people. And I think that sometimes, you know, as you move down the line and that some of the best leaders I've ever been around, you know, didn't have any of those kind of titles, but they had that ability to, to lead people and and just inspire you to be the best you could do, you know, be every day. Yeah, they trusted him. Bob Chapik found out.
1: (laughs) Title title doesn't keep you employed. (laughs) Your behavior does and your leadership and trust being trusted and being, you know, being good at what you do, but also being good. Uh, You know, I mean, you can be an expert in something and be a jerk. And when you're that, your people help you fail. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, That's why I say the older generation has got to get over this. I'm the boss and you do what I say. Because the young people say, oh, really? Goodbye. And they can get a new job every morning. I mean, it's not like it's hard to get a job right now. So I mean, I, I send this message out loud and clear to people. You better you better get, you know, unless, you're, unless your team is uh, sure you're committed to them, they'll never be committed to you. It's not like us in the old days, you know, because our bosses came out of World War II. So we got ordered around all the time and did what we were told. And uh, today, hey, not so. Uh, these kids are smart. Smart. They've been around. They've been around the world. They've been to great restaurants. They've been. They know what's going on. And they're not gonna put up with that nonsense. <laughs> More so. Uh, I hope people can learn quick, because when you don't learn quick, you usually get in a lot of trouble. You
0: know. Yeah. Um if you're gonna so, go into a sword fight, you better
1: learn how to sword fight. Right.
0: <laughs> now so in a recent yeah. podcast of yours, you were talking about taking risks. Um, and one of the things that kind of like resonated with me is you were talking about like jumping out of airplanes and you're like, Well, I wouldn't do that with just anybody, which I, uh, you know, talk about the, the best possible allegory for that. But um will you talk about um you know the 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 mindset behind taking risks and not being not not ultimately, in twenty or thirty years, regretting that you didn't apply for that position in a different city or you know take on that leadership role that you weren't sure if you would be successful at I mean, I know that that a lot of this resonates with your message, so what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well you know there people think about self interest and i you know I tell people don't um uh, until you decide what you really love to do and the industry you like to be in. Don't get married, don't have a house and don't have children because they tie you down, you get stuck and then you get insecure. And my wife and I moved 11 times in my career with Hilton, Marriott and Disney. We moved 11. She moved 12 with her dad who was in the Navy. So we, we, we don't, we 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 don't care where we go. And I think that was the key. First, I got out of that, uh, small town environment. I went to Washington, D.C. Boy, that opened my eyes like, whoa. (laughs) I said, I have friends named Mohammed now, and Ricardo and Maria, you know, you don't have those in Oklahoma. And uh, it opened my eyes. And I always talk about exposure is so important. And uh, that's, uh, we got to really encourage kids, you know, when you graduate away from college, get out of the village. go to the big city because your mom wants you to stay in the village and you will be there and you one day you'll be sorry you didn't because you'll have that little job you could have had more you could have known more you could have traveled but it's an insecurity i mean really it's insecurity is why we don't take risks and and i'm not taking crazy risk it's calculated risk and knowing so what if it doesn't work out well i always knew i can always in the hotel and hospital business. I always get a job doing something. I I was a good waiter, so I could always go make some money. Right. So I never. I took I don't know why I'm it, because I always thought about what's the worst thing can happen? Doesn't work out. Big deal. And I think we had a security blanket around us, family, that would have uh, supported us if things went south. So you just you think it through and. Uh, you never know how great it can be if you don't go and uh i mean and somebody said you know the danger of people end up not having a great life is because they settle for an okay life you know it's it's okay we get we pay the bills and and uh you know half the americans don't even have a passport they've never been anywhere and uh and even a lot of them from where I, you know don't want to go to the big city it's too dangerous uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So it's just, uh, today though, kids are getting exposed earlier. So I think we're going to see a lot more. K- k- they know what's going on. They're on the internet and they are, you seeing it they're traveling and taking school trips and international trips and their friends are, uh, from every race and sexual orientation and religion. And so they're a lot of the kids, no matter what, I think those days are over of nobody knowing what's going on. It's just, uh. Maybe my generation, as soon as we're gone, it'll be better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, Lee, I had that same kind of situation where I was in professional sports, working in hockey. I'd done it for 18 years, and then an opportunity to get in the theme park industry in what? came about. And, and I looked at it as, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I go back and work in hockey again if it didn't work out that way. But. Uh, <laughs> You know here to 16 years yeah. later and I'm still in that industry. but a question for you though, I mean you the hospitality industry with the you know the hotels and the theme park industry, um, you know you, you want the employees, you want the, the the customers, the guests to all feel you know special, feel important. Uh, which of the two do you think is more important? you know is it to make the guests feel feel special or the employees? Well, I
1: think, uh, I think uh, the guests are never going to feel special if the employees don't. You know, I need to wake. I want everybody to wake up in the morning excited to come to work because they feel like they're respected and included and involved and listened to and that uh, they love taking care of the guests. I don't want them having to take care of the guests. Bill used to, his book was The Spirit to Serve. To serve people in this business, you got to have a... It's got to be inside you because this is a hard business, man. <laughs> this is like customers want it. They want it now. And, uh, and, and so uh, unless you really like to serve, you shouldn't be in this business because you got to bite your lip. you got to take a lot of grief. you got to take a lot of anger sometimes because and then there's alcohol. And then the guests really get out of control and all kinds of things happen. So you need to be wired to serve. And uh, that's the kind of people we look for at Disney, that they can take the heat. They can take... Uh, uh they can create magic all day long even when the family's not happy and
0: uh, yeah
1: so it's picking the right people you know some people can't handle that uh, one and there's a million guests coming at you and so we we are very careful who we hire because it wouldn't if we hire the wrong person it's not going to be good for them either they're going to hate it. They're not going to like it. They're going to be in a bad mood. They're not going to, then they're going to say something to a guest that they shouldn't. And I had to bite my tongue many times. <laughs> I wanted to slap them, but I just, no, be nice. That's what we do. We're putting on a show. And our show is that you're having a great experience. And even the managers know they have to stay in role, they have to control their emotions, they have to control their attitude, uh, be careful what they say and do. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's uh, and I think that's important in any job, by the way. But uh, I think when I joined Disney and Marriott, they did it better than anybody I knew, uh, because people liked being there. I've had other, you know, some companies you you don't like being there, but you, you know you have stress and you're not happy, but you stay. And I think most people stay at Disney and stay at Marriott because they want to, because they feel good about the how they're treated and how the, that they have opportunity and they're gonna get training and they're gonna get development, and they'll have a better life. And when you can create that, people don't leave. Uh, you know So that's why I always talk about how important the environment is. It's gotta be a place where you wanna come in to work, not have to come. And uh, that's a big difference. Uh, and we've all been there. you know. I mean, we've all been there and we've all had those jobs where we just wish it was Friday on Monday morning. And, and uh, I, I didn't never, on balance, I pretty much was happy at Disney the whole time. I wasn't happy during 9-11 or the hurricanes or recessions or having to lay people off. But on balance over all those years, it was, I felt respected and included. I didn't feel like somebody was in trying to intimidate me, my boss. People were treated uh, very professionally which was, uh, makes
0: Monday better
1: (laughs) Monday morning. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So Lee, um, you know, in in another recent podcast, you mentioned that it's not necessary. And I'm paraphrasing here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not necessarily a leader's job to motivate. It's the leader's job to hire motivated people. And then it's the leader's job to inspire those motivated people. Can you break down a little bit more of the definition of what you think a motivated like candidate would be and uh, a little bit more on a leader's job to inspire that motivated candidate?
1: I mean, we're looking for those people that motivate themselves. You know, I started out as a bank me! I did a fabulous job. I was on time every day. I did a good job. No matter how much I made over the years, whether I was making a little bit or a lot or a big job or a big title, you want people who are wired to serve and wired. Uh, and not everybody is. A lot of people, who, you know, we have hangups. Our brain has got the bad information in it from how we were treated, bullied, all the kinds of things and, and can't control your emotions. And, and we need people with empathy and discipline to do because our people are pretty much out by themselves you know Uh, 80,000 people working the managers don't know what's going on we have to rely on them wanting to do a great job and uh, so we are very selective about looking for those people we even do a profile on people they have to answer 136 questions before they can fill out an application we want to know if they're disciplined we want to know if they have that spirit to serve uh, how they would handle situations and uh, we 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 pick. I just I think that's the key of uh, if you don't love what you're doing, you ought to be. And I tell young people that today: if you don't love what you're doing, don't do it. I mean, go in the first ten years of your out of college, go do something else because you'll be miserable if you have to go to a job every day that you hate. And uh, more, I think that's why we're seeing young people today. They're just okay. I don't like this. I'm not going to do it. And they marched on and. Uh, I have a grandson who's a biomedical engineer, he's changed jobs once already because he didn't like the environment and the culture and how he was treated. I have a granddaughter who's working on moving to Europe uh, with her boyfriend because they just want to do their thing, and uh, and uh, she's she likes her job. It's okay, but it's not. she's not learning anything anymore. She's bored. And, uh, and then I have a grandson that goes to school in France. <laughs> you know, these kids today, I didn't even know where France was when I was his age. I didn't even know there anything. I was in the army and I didn't even, I'd never heard of Vietnam. And I was in 1964 during Vietnam. That's how I didn't read the paper. I didn't, I didn't have a phone, you know, to look up things, to know things. I didn't have a steady uh, flow of uh, information. And so uh, today it's uh, yeah, totally different. So it's got to hire the right people, people that are wired to serve. You know, my grandson told me when he was 10, when you serve, you're always the giving one. You know, that's hard to give because guests can be really unreasonable. It can really uh, be tough on you and push you and try to manipulate you and all kinds of things. And you just got to, you know, just stay in and, and take care of them and make sure they come back. Because Mickey likes all credit cards. <laughs> we want you back. If we're nice to you. You'll give us your credit card if you're not, you know. I mean, Mickey likes all religions. He likes everybody. And we even like people to have a credit card better. <laughs> so, um, and they, we, we, the magic is getting them to pull it out and give it to us often. So, uh, when you treat people better, they spend more money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When they trust you, they spend more money. When you're nice to people, they spend more money. You know, I, I go to the same coffee place every day for three or four hours and work and drink coffee. And, they treat me like I'm part of the family, and I go back there every day. I mm-hmm. I spend an I'm I got to be the dumbest guy in the world. What I spend for coffee a year yeah. in this place? I mean, uh, the big latte is five dollars or six dollars. I'm going like what? But I go there because they treat me like a regular. And when I'm out of town, they send me an email. Where are you? We haven't seen you.
0: Yeah, that's funny.
1: <laughs> or sure else I'm famous there. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, Lee, let's talk about, uh, you know, when you're in those high profile positions with large companies, um, it's going to be very demanding yeah. on your time in that. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that uh, work-life balance? Uh, you know, how did you maintain that uh, throughout your career? Yeah, this? I think
1: the big problem people have, is they're not very organized because we don't teach a good way to manage, keep your life under control or manage your time, manage your schedule. And and set the priorities and I took a time management course when I was about 32 or three and it changed my life. It taught me, I was already pretty disciplined, but I didn't know how to keep it all balanced as all of a sudden you get married and then you have a kid and then you gotta go to a soccer game, your mother-in-law's coming in Saturday and your boss wants that report tomorrow. And I mean, and I was suffering from real anxiety. I mean, I was working Saturday, Sunday, taking work home. And I took that course, it really changed my direction to learn how to organize myself how to delegate, how to trust people, how to make sure you have clarity when you give something to somebody and uh, give people authority to make decisions. People ask me what I did at Disney and I said, nothing. I just had great people. All I did is make sure it got done. I didn't do nothing. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a security expert. I'm not a transportation expert. I, I'm a food expert, but I had a guy better than me in food. So I let I left him alone too. And I think that's the key. You've got Get organized. If I had to do one thing for kids and young people, or anybody, is to get them to learn a good, solid time management system of how to plan every day, how to plan what you're going to do today, tomorrow, this week, uh, next week. Uh, you ought to be doing things already now for Christmas, or you sure, we should have done them two months ago. Uh, making reservations, uh, getting your airline tickets uh, two months in advance so you save a lot of money. Uh, you know, just getting ahead of the anticipation, getting ahead of the game uh, so that you don't run into obstacles. And, uh, you know, if you change the oil on your car, it keeps running. <laughs> so you got to do the right things at the right time. I called today to get my air conditioner checked every six months because in Florida, you can die if your air conditioner quits working. So, I, you, you know, the things that are important to stay on top of them, your health. The way you stay on top of your health, you schedule your workout, you schedule your doctor's appointments, you, you, uh, you schedule the priorities in your life. And that, that, I would say, is one of the most important things, because if you, if you can't get things done, it really doesn't matter how much you know. Because it, if you have a boss, I think being reliable and with a good attitude, it'll carry you way further than anything else. Because by the way, your boss doesn't know what they're doing either. So this is <laughs> I actually, I came to the conclusion. Nobody knows what they're doing. So I'm in good company. So <laughs> you do your best. That's what my theory is. You do your best every day. Forgive yourself. That's all you can do. Yeah. You get up every morning.
0: Lee, it's funny. Up I, one of the lessons yeah. that I, that I was taught by somebody when I came, like say of age when I was about 22, 23 years old is, one of the things you're going to learn quickly in the professional environment is you grew up thinking that everybody that had these really big jobs knew what they were doing, but they're just putting on a show anyway. (laughs) Um,
1: It's true. It's true. It's a big thing. Oh, I've absolutely Um, learned that.
0: Don, have you seen that too? I mean, like in general, it's, I mean, it's not, not that like everybody on earth is incompetent, but I mean, most people are just making it up as they go anyway, because they do it on a feeling. Anyway, Lee, so
2: let's talk about
0: um, employee recognition. What what are your thoughts on, like you know, daily or even like further out than that, recognition of employee like in their contributions to the company? Um, And what do you think are the best ways to to recognize employees that have performed rather well?
1: I think you've got to think about it so deeply that it's what you do naturally. You don't even think about it. You see somebody you. And you, you know, in your mind, they do a great job. You just stop and say, hey, man, I'm really haven't seen you for a while. You're doing a great job. I hear great things about you. I hope you stay with us. You move on. And next time you do something else, And it's every day. We all have a million opportunities to recognize somebody for doing something well. Or a good attitude or how they handle the customer and just be observant of that. And you probably it's better than giving them a trophy when the boss stops and says, hey, I'm glad you're on our team. That, enough right there. They'll sleep better tonight. <laughs> they will uh, be f- more inspired. They'll give you more. And don't think so much about, uh, you know, every time I got big bonuses at Disney, I was never happy with them. I always wanted more. <laughs> but when my boss called me and said, Lee, I really am glad you're on my team. You're doing a great job. Th- that was worth more than cash. That was because the cash, you know, I, I, I guarantee every, I, I got a company car, at Marriott and Disney. I wanted a bigger one. <laughs> you know, I, mean, it was, I was never happy. But personal recognition is like telling your wife you love her. That's the best strategy you can have in life if you want to stay married. It's not giving her—you oh—you got to give her some stuff too. But <laughs> uh, not forgetting to frequently show appreciation and recognition and encouragement to people, and uh, to. To get to know your people so well you know when they need some encouragement or they need some recognition because this is the fuel that drives human performance i mean this is the fuel we all do it to kids how often do we we tell our kids how great they are when they're growing up you did a good job and that's what we do and it's it's free that's what i always talk about cost you nothing and it gives you big results People don't walk away from a place where they feel like they're appreciated, recognized, encouraged, uh, have training, development. We care about them. This is just like this is for free. The CFO will like this. <laughs> it's no investment except you paying attention. So I think it's vital. Maybe the most important thing you do uh, uh, when you really think about it. Think about tomorrow. Who could you a stranger on the street, you know, helping them out? i mean you know it's just you know it's just the little things that make people that they, they they can't believe it happened wow they go home and tell their wife my boss stopped me today and he told me i'm doing a good job and i'm going to have a good career here and a future here i mean can you imagine that cost you like 10 seconds and you probably got a lot out of it and when you recognize people and i'm not not to manipulate them to be genuine you, productivity, commitment, results go up. They go up. If you have a company full of people who feel appreciated, and they're somebody, and they're you're cared for, you make more money. I mean, this is just like bingo. That's the formula. You make more money, and uh, less turnover. Uh, you know, they give you a hundred percent instead of eighty uh, percent. It's just amazing you have less less sick days less call outs i mean less mistakes i mean it's all the good things that happen when you're happy
2: (laughs) when i tell my wife i love her i have a happy day (laughs) yeah i'm going to circle back to to something you mentioned a couple minutes ago um, and that's time management yeah Uh, you know why is it so important uh but not just for leaders you know, but really for everyone, you know, why, why is time management such a, that's a big thing you should focus on. Because
1: you have a lot of responsibilities. You know, I made sure my son and all my grandkids went through my time management seminar before they go off to college. You know, kids go to college, half of them flunk out the freshman year because they're not, they can't keep, they, they have, nope their mother's not there. <laughs> that's why their sheets get washed twice a year. I mean, and uh, it's just, uh Where you spend your time and who you spend your time with will be the major thing that uh, uh, creates the kind of life you have. So I would say, I'll give you this. When I was at Disney, I really focused on three things. hiring the right people, everybody did. Making sure we were training everybody well so they could really do a great job. And then making sure we had a culture where we treated them right. And sorting out managers who didn't do that. And, that we had a place where people woke up and wanted to come to work. And when I retired, my wife said, well, you don't have to do that anymore, Lee. I'm going to give you three new priorities. Number one, take care of yourself. So you can take care of me. (laughs) Third, take care of your business. So number one, take care of yourself. Number two, take care of your family because you're around. Number three, take care of your business. And after that, yeah, you can play golf, but not until you get those three done. Or you can... You go help Kim Kardashian, or you can watch The Real Housewives. You can do whatever you want. But think about the most three important things and make them routine. It needs to be like every day you take care of yourself, and then you have the energy, and you're healthy, and you can take care of your family when there's a crisis, and then you take care of your business. And uh, it's just it's a matter of where you spend your time. You We can all do this. We don't have to go do stupid things, you know. We don't have to watch TV for four hours. You can go exercise. You can go take your wife to lunch. You can take her to lunch before she asks you because you get more points that way. Uh, uh, You can write a little note to her and tell her how much you love her and stick it on the bathroom mirror. And I did one for my wife 10, 15 years ago. It's still there. Mm. Don't underestimate the... It's just human, we all want to matter. We all want to be somebody. And I don't care the person in your, I told people the pot washer or the tray washer at Disney, that may be the most important guy in the company. I don't care if he's a serial killer, go back there and thank him and tell him how much we appreciate him. Because if we don't have trays, business stops. And you know, you just don't, we don't think of those things. The people who rent wheelchairs, you know how important that is? We rent 1200 wheelchairs a day. If that gets screwed up, man, a disabled person, you can have a bad day. So there's no leak, there's no small job. Oh, everything, you know, may be small to you because you don't need a wheelchair, but to the lady who needs it and has to have it, to enjoy her visit. and So I, I tell you, everybody, my first chapter of my book is, remember, everybody is important <laughs> and uh, you'll find that out. You know, when the mechanic works on your car, Oh, you don't even know if he did it right. You just hope he did. <laughs> you hope you, you you know, be nice to him. <laughs> so, because he might screw it up for you. So I just, you got to get this attitude that everybody's important. You treat everybody right. You, and who has the authority and the right to treat people badly anyway? Why would you? You know, today I tell managers, be the kind of manager you hope your kids have when they go in the workforce. Be the manager you hope your mother has when she goes to work. Or your sister, or your children, be that kind of leader, and that puts it in a different perspective.
0: Yeah, Lee, that's that's. Would you like to work? Yeah, with absolutely, that's very interesting. You know, and, and another another uh, point, that's it. another point that uh, you kind of reminded me of is like, you know, when when a let's say you mentioned like somebody that rents out the wheelchairs and stuff. Like, not only is it kind of like, well, the person in the wheelchair could have a bad day, but it, it, when that person, that customer and that family is speaking to that associate, whether it's like their first day or, you know, they're the VP of operations, they're speaking on behalf of the company, whether you like it or not. So, I mean, understanding the weight of doing this in front of guests is, is very important, in my opinion. Um, but um, And the way
1: to report it, by the way, is your people are your brand. Oh, yeah. Really? Why do you stop at a Marriott? Because the people. Why do you, 99% of the compliments we get at Disney are about the people, not about the rides.
0: Absolutely. The people,
1: because they're so shocked. It's so different than everywhere else you go. People, I mean, this is like the key. This is the golden nugget. (laughs) Uh, And, well, it's funny that you, you bring up
0: Marriott with that because, you know, when, with, you know, you have experience with both Marriott and Hilton, correct? Yeah. But so, so recently, um, you know, my, my girlfriend and I traveled to different parks and stuff like that. And you know, we were like, kind of like going cheap with hotels and she, she's like a germaphobe and stuff and always wanted to sanitize everything in the room before we went in and was terrified of bed bugs and everything. But now that we're staying out, cause I've got like the Marriott credit card and the Hilton credit card. So we're doing that. And she's like, oh, it's probably fine. It's a Hilton, you know, because you, you know, you trust that those people do things properly, you know? Um, you know, absolutely. Um,
1: it's in your brain. You know, it's like Chick-fil-A when you, I don't care what interstate you're on. If you see a Chick-fil-A sign, you're pretty sure it's going to be great. Yeah. When you see a Marriott sign or a Hilton, that you're going to put, there's some hotels you you say, I don't think so. <laughs> that one looks a little shaky. My wife and I used to, when we were poor and starting out, we carried Lysol and paper
0: towels. That's exactly them. what we did until we started <laughs> staying at Marriott and Hilton. Uh, well, we and it's funny because, um, you know, you mentioned that and as far sink. as, <laughs> you pick up right. <laughs> but you mentioned the brand and stuff. It's like, um, cause like, you know, there's like, there, there's a hotel. I'm not going to name any names of hotels. Cause I don't know what your relationship's like with them, but it's a, a national brand. And there's one <laughs> like near universal and I've stayed at, and it's, it was really nice. Like it was on par with like a, maybe a lower end Hilton. But if there was one off the side of the road, outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, there's no way I'd stay at that. But if it's a Hilton or Marriott, I know the quality I'm getting. I know the people I'm dealing with, you know?
2: Right,
1: I agree. That's pretty much, and we we often choose brands. You know, they have, uh, companies have trouble getting uh, the grocery stores to buy, uh, not buy the brand name, mm-hmm. although they are now because inflation has gotten so bad, people are looking for their, and uh, brand is amazing, you know. I need a car, but somebody says, I need a car, but I want a Mercedes. I need a car, but I need... I, I want a... I want, and a lot of it is... Uh, I mean, look at what we pay for running shoes. Fashion statement, mm-hmm. you know. You could buy shoes at half that price. But uh, the brand, it's in your face. And we make this, we make illogical decisions sometimes based on the brand. And uh, that's why it's so important to have uh, the brand uh, have consistency and be trusted. And that when something does go wrong, they, they take care of it. They fix it. So you're happy no matter what, when you leave, you're happy. And uh, that, that alone is worth, you, you gotta wonder how much is that worth? What is the value of a trusted brand name? I mean, you know, Lexus, <laughs> I mean, we pay an absurd amount of money to have a Lexus. I mean, it doesn't even make sense and uh but they got this uh reliability factor safety when you buy a car for your kids it needs to be safe you don't care what it costs uh for safety and so uh, i think about and us as individuals we are a brand do people trust us are we reliable do we do what we say we're going to do are we knowledgeable do we keep up with what's going on when are we available when people call us do we we all are a brand. I mean, because people are talking about us behind our back right? <laughs> and they're either, they're either saying we're a jerk or we're a good person. So yeah, uh, it's, it's brand is huge. I mean, it's everything. And, and, uh, everybody's fighting for the brand, right? the best. I want to be the hotel company. I want to, and Marriott and Hilton, uh, frankly, are the two that uh, are winning the game and they, worldwide. I agree. But they are. They're both doing a
0: great job. So, Lee, let's talk about decision making, particularly when when it comes to transparency in decision making. Um, Do you you think that leaders essentially for the decisions they make, especially the ones that are facing the employees, uh, it's important to have transparency? And where do you think that fits into like a general cultural aspect of uh, any organization you'd work for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can tell you my personal opinion and how I did it at Disney. When I'm gonna make a decision about a big thing, I'm gonna to talk to people who are gonna be affected. I'm not idiot, you know. I, that's why I didn't make many mistakes because I talked to all the people who are gonna, this is gonna affect. And uh, if I talk to enough people, I'll have a sense of, okay, now I got it, I understand. They told me, don't you can do this, but I wouldn't do that. And And when you have transparency and people trust you, they'll keep you out of trouble. <coughs> And uh, a lot of bosses go in, like I think Mr. Chappie did, and just start telling everybody what to do. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't have the uh, empathy part of the business. He was kind of a, he had the discipline, push hard, but you got to do both. I said, this—you you got you to balance empathy and discipline. And you got to be aware that uh, every one of the people who works for you or works with you knows something you don't know. <laughs> and they're not telling you unless they trust mm-hmm. you. And in fact, if they don't like you, they'll get you fired and uh, they'll work against you. So I think transparency is everything. You know, I went through depression and anxiety a few years, 10 years ago when my wife was sick for two years. I just told everybody, I just said, Hey, I'm going through anxiety and suffering from depression. I'm seeing a psychiatrist and it made it easier. It took the People understood, I don't want to have coffee with you. I'm depressed right now. <laughs> and so it just eased up everything in your life to be transparent, just to tell people, here's how it is, you know. Look, I always tell people, that when, when in doubt, just tell the truth. Your life will get a lot better. You might lose a few friends, but that's okay. You've got to take care of you and your life. And uh, you don't need a lot of friends. You just need a couple. I was telling somebody the other day. I, I don't want to make a lot of money. I just want to make enough. Right. <laughs> so I don't have to go, I don't have to kill people to make money. I just make enough. And uh, just be it. Be aware of that. That uh, let people. One of the most important things I put in my book was get to know your people well and let them get to know you. Who are you? Talk about how you were raised. The things that bother you. The such because that builds trust when people know, Hey, he please, just like us, he has problems too. He has problems at home. He has you know, health problems. It's, yeah, it's good. It's fine. So everybody already knows, you know, when you try to cover it up, then they don't trust you. Uh, when you lie and, uh, uh, kind of spin everything, uh, you know, HR departments and marketing departments try to spin everything. And now that's why nobody trusts anybody in the marketplace. I don't believe any commercial. <laughs> you know, I'm going, yeah, right. <laughs> this, Take these pills and you'll feel 1,000 times better in 30 days. <laughs> no, you won't. <aren't. laughs> you know, so, I mean, this is just, uh, I have, I, you're so much more relaxed and healthier and feel better and sleep better when you're transparent. That's all. Just... Somebody asked me the other day, when you got a really serious problem with somebody, how do you deal with it? I said you go meet with them and you have you stay with them until you you might have to not come out for five hours till you guys get back on the same page, because you hoping it gets better. It's not going to get better until you go deal with it. Just deal with the problem, and uh, nobody wants to deal with it because it's hard. You know when you got to fire somebody, nobody wants to do that, so you keep putting it off. My theory is schedule it fire them and then spend two or three hours telling them why so they don't repeat it again. And by the time you do it, you've already talked to them a half a dozen times. They don't, they're not even surprised, but it's keeping you awake at night because things are not going well. I had a boss once I wasn't, I didn't fire a guy who wasn't doing his job. And when I was at Marriott, my boss called me in and said, Lee, if you don't deal with him, I'm going to deal with you. That was clear. (laughs) I I improved my ability to handle hard things that day because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the experience to let somebody go, lose their health insurance. I brought him with me. I mean, I felt all this guilt, but he wasn't doing the job, and that wasn't my fault. So leadership's hard. Being a parent, being a parent and being a leader, those are the two hardest jobs in the world (laughs) because you get challenged all the time. Your kids misbehave, your kids lie, employees lie. I mean, it's so you've got to have that ability to just go with it, get the facts, listen to everybody, get into it, ask a lot of questions and then make the best decision you can. I mean, that's that's real life. And you're going to make mistakes. Even when you make the perfect decision, they're going to have 30 percent of people unhappy with you because they didn't like it. And so you got to get over that because leadership is hard. It's about responsibility and being responsible and. If you're not responsible, you're irresponsible. <laughs> so I, I don't want and I said, you may not have as many friends, you, you know, I got 5000 Facebook friends, but I don't have any real friends like two or three. A real friend is when you call them up and say, we need to come and live with you for a couple of years till we straighten our life out <laughs> or I need fifty thousand dollars. Could you sign this loan for me? Mm, your friends disappear very quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> even your family disappears. <laughs>
2: So, yeah. Lee, let's talk about, um, culture. I've gone to Disney parks for, you know, a number of years now, and I've always been, you know, amazed that the buy-in, you know, from the first person, you know, your first point of contact to my last, just that buy-in that everyone has about, uh, you know, being a Disney cast member, you know, how do you go about, you know, finding the people that'll, that'll buy into the culture, you know, building that culture, maintaining it, mm. um, you know just just talk about that a little bit because I think that's that's the one thing that I'm, I've always just been just super impressed with is just you know you're talking you're not talking 15 20 30 people you're talking thousands yeah. of associates cast members that are that are on Disney property well I think the way you do it is we have the profiling system so we kind of
1: know but then I think when you sit down with a person you've got to be so 100% clear about your expectations for their attitude for their performance for being on time to work for how they treat to other people around sexual harassment about how they speak to women How they do. i mean i will tell you clarity of communication is the biggest problem in life when somebody somebody says you never told me that well that would that's your fault or i didn't know that that's your fault you you got to be so and i haven't we we had a list of 20 25 things and when we found something we hadn't told people we added it on we make sure Number one, let me talk to you about attendance. Number two, let me talk to you about how you treat other people in the workplace, how you treat foreigners, how you treat people of other religions, sexual uh, gay people. I mean, we went right down the line. And then it was kind of like your mother used to say, do you understand what I just told you? Do you? Because if you don't do these things, you won't be here. Clarity right there. And when you have clarity, you have less problems. Remember when your mother, was your mother ever clear with you? Oh yeah, oh like yeah. Your mother said, do "You understand? You understand? That's what we do." And that, you, by the way, I can tell everybody: if you want to be a good leader, just be like your mother, because mothers only care about safety and education, and that's been your main job. And mothers are the best leaders in the world, and uh, we all know that because they're, they're they they get to the point. They don't care if you're happy all day. They care if you're safe. They care if you're successful. They'll kick your butt, and then they'll tell you they love you before you go to sleep. <laughs> Empathy and this. And I, I'm telling you, mother, being a good leader, just if you had a good mother, you already know what to do. You already know. But then we get in corporate life, and we forget those basic lessons. Be nice. Be kind to people. Teach people. Train people. Set a good example. I mean, you know, as your mother said, don't use profanity. <laughs> don't spit on the street in front of people. I mean, you know, I just, that's, I say, we, we try to make leadership and management too hard. It's not hard. Just respect people and do what your mother taught you. And you'll be fine. You already know. You just forgot. Because <laughs> we're in this, we got to be great and we got to get a better title and I got to kill this guy so I can get his job. <laughs> you know? No, that's a miserable life. Look at all the famous people in the world. They're 99% of them are miserable. Look at Musk, you think he, he's not happy. Tappic's uh, not happy. Uh, all the movie stars are drug overdosing and getting divorces and can't go out without a security guard. I tell people, don't get famous. You'll be miserable. (laughs) Don't ever be famous. Just be a good leader. Help people, and you'll
2: make enough money. You'll have a good enough life, and you'll you'll you with your said if you want to make a difference in the world let's start with your
1: values (laughs) you know get those right first and then everything else will work out right and these are things we've got to start to understand is it you know it's like going to church the preacher preaches a lot nobody does anything (laughs) they're only good christians on sunday morning (laughs) and uh, if you don't if you don't learn these things and start practicing and taking care of yourself and having hard conversations and being a trusted leader that does what you say you're going to do Uh, you end up with big problems down the road. You end up getting fired, getting results, uh, turnover, uh, all the merit, somebody sexually harassing somebody, and then you get sued because, well, they said, you never told me that. So everything, I always tell people, every problem you have in your (laughs) business, you either didn't tell them or you're not enforcing it. And uh, you got to be clear. And that's uh, I think that's uh. every business could get better pretty quick. They would just start with some of these basics. First, how many people do you have in your company? that shouldn't be there. Do you, are you clear with every person you hire? Uh, do you have standards like Marriott health standards? So, you know, I can be, I can know pretty much 99.9%. I'm not going to get food poisoning there. Right. And, uh, those are the kind of things that are the real things. Technology is the least of our problems. You know, the problem is we now we think technology is the answer to everything. It's the answer to many things, but we need to balance data and humans. We need to get that in balance, because right now, as I maybe I said to you the other day, QR codes are basically all it says is go do it yourself. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> don't care about you. and. Uh, by the day you go through all technology in the world, you're so frustrated, you're just like, what? I mean, so we gotta get that right and implement it at the right time in the right way and it's gotta work and, or you'll drive customers away. And I have a new bank. They bought the other bank. They were so screwed up. I mean, it's like I wanna kill myself every time I go to make a deposit. I mean, it's like they're understaffed and we got all these new rules and oh my God, you know, I don't love them, and I'm thinking about moving. Moving your bank is a pain in the butt too, but this is just aggravating because they—I just—I don't know anything about banking. I just want them three minutes waiting for somebody to do it. So uh, I guess I'll have to start doing mobile deposits, so I don't have to talk to anybody. But uh, <laughs> what you got to do?
2: Yeah, solve this
1: problem, and then go to work, get better. Get rid of your problems, whatever they are. You know what they are. Make them go away. And uh, don't keep putting up with it because it takes the energy out of you, Um, having those kind of things. So I'm gonna be 80 in a year. I told people I'm in the ozone, the obituary zone, so I have to take care of myself. (laughs) Not a good number. You look in the paper, those people are not around very long. So, uh, that becomes a higher priority. Your priorities change as you get smarter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Lee, um, so touching kind of back on what we were discussing before, as far as like Marriott and Hilton and the the standards that they, they handle. um, One of the things that kind of came to mind when we were discussing dealing with you specifically being a resorts guy for Walt Disney is that, you know, with Hilton and Marriott, there, there's a very high regard and people expect pretty, pretty high standards out of them. But with yeah. Disney, people expect essentially perfection, you know, I mean, yeah. there's very little leeway. Uh, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. People save up for this for years and so on. And, you know, we can have a whole discussion about that, but um, how do you, Yeah, I, I, obviously you would understand that being the position you're in, but how do you communicate that to your, um, your, your like your cast members that work in the resorts about how important their role is within this. And, um, what do you do to like, what, what did you do in your tenure to like maintain that, you know, to keep as close to perfection as possible?
1: I think we have a good process for that at Disney. I mean, you know, you go all day to an eight hour traditions day the first, Day with the company, you learn about Pixie Dust, you learn about people getting this is the most important vacation for most families. Most of our people come to visit us are not on expense account, they're paying out of their pocket. This is not Marriott or Hilton, where most of people are business. And uh, we, we we drive that into them how the responsibility they have uh, to do this. And uh, we've already selected the best people we could find, and then we put them through rigorous uh, 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 knowledge about. Why we're different? Well, there was a guy named Walt Disney. Here's what he thought. Here's what he did. Here's what we do, and then uh, we make sure the training and we hold them accountable. You know, I, I used to say you don't have to be happy to work at Disney. You got to act happy for eight hours <laughs> because we all have bad days. But when you're in the when you're the in the show, you've got to put on your show. And so we we make this very clear that we're in the show. Uh, you had an argument with your wife this morning. Fine, you can call her. At on your break and yell at her but when you go out on stage you perform and our managers are out and about they're observing what's going on and they're directing the show and uh, it's like live you got to be out there in the business and uh, we had a policy at disney the managers had to be eighty percent of the day out in the business twenty percent in the office doing their paperwork and stuff and you got to be out there helping them and jumping behind the cash register and taking care of guest problems and observing performance and training people and correcting them and and, and it's just part of how we do it. Our people are and I'm working with some hotel chains right there, right, right now. And the big administrators Nobody wants to leave the office because it's air conditioned. And when you go out in the business, there are problems. <laughs> so all this stay in the office. No, we got to get this theory that the general manager and the leaders and the managers of the business can make a huge difference by being out there with their people and jumping in and helping them. And, and all of a sudden, the whole environment is the people who work for this. And when they have a problem, somebody jumps in and, them and, and your day goes better. And so you go home, you wanna work you wanna work there. We just keep emphasizing over and over and over uh, that everything matters. I mean, that's what we talk about. One piece of paper on the floor matters. Pick it up. Uh, you know, no hair in the sink when you check into a hotel. Everything everything's gotta be. And uh, if you wanna be excellent, everything matters. If you wanna be average, you can let a lot of that stuff go. So it's really a mindset of, that you respect. Really- life to clean your room. How many times did she tell you to be careful when you went out? How many times did you tell you to change your shirt? I mean, we are just we're like mothers. We just drive you crazy until you want to be you become a mother. <laughs> that's a, and and it becomes replicated, you know, and the managers have to be good role models too. So they're setting the example. you know they're picking up paper, they're helping, they're serving customers, they're and all of a sudden it's we're all in this together. I guess that's the we, that's the environment and culture we want. We're all in this together. I happen to have the title manager, but I'm in here just to do the same thing you are, is to make sure the guests have a great time. And that's, that's our focus. That's what we focus on. And, uh, and for me to take the hassles out of your job, get you the resources you need, the training you need, uh, the staffing. Uh, my job is to take the hassles away from the customer and the employees so everybody is happy. Because there's plenty of ways to, when, you know, website doesn't work, guests don't like that, or uh, whatever, bus doesn't show up, and they're late an hour to the park. Uh, Everything matters. And we charge a lot. I mean, the prices are outrageous. But people say it's worth it. So I hope they keep saying that. And we'll see with Bob Iger how he gets all that under control. Yeah.
2: All right well, Lee, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about again, you go back to your background. You start out in hotels, then you move to the you know the resort side with with Disney and then on to the theme park side. how did the the skills and the experience you had from the resort and hotel side how did that translate into the operations of a theme park? Yeah, well,
1: I knew nothing about theme parks. In fact, I was put in charge of theme parks, and I'd never been in a theme park. And the reason I told the guys, well, some people were not happy about that, that had been there 30 years, they thought they should have gotten done. I said, I'm not here to run the parks. I'm here to make sure we have the right people, that I give you the right support, that I get you the right staffing, that I help you. And I learned some, but I, I couldn't run any of those tractions. All those policies about the line, all the technical stuff was not something I focused on. I focused on making sure we were hiring the right people. I was helping them get the right people. I was making sure I have supported great training programs for everybody. And I made sure I supported that we're gonna have a culture where we treat people right. I don't care what their job is. And that's became my job. You know, I, I could go and work for a, a car company. That's just the same thing. I wouldn't know anything about I wouldn't know how to open the hood, <laughs> but I would make sure you know that's how you got to think about leadership Is you got you're you're the support person i'm there to uh, to remove the obstacles to remove the hassles to use my authority to get them what they need to go fight with the president about more staffing or fight with uh, somebody about uh, more resources or spending money on something but i wasn't a technical expert in really anything except the food business and the hotel business but I think we got to quit thinking because when you hire highly technical people to lead, you often are not happy (laughs) because they uh, they're abusive and they are controlling and they think they know everything. And you need we need to get the best out of the people we hired. And they're usually experts They're They know more than you'll ever know in your whole life because they've done it. And so that's how I think about it. You know, that's how I think about it. I would I I think I, I could go run a grocery store. I wouldn't know anything about it, but I'd make sure I had the right people. We set the standards, you know. It's got to be twelve cans of baked beans on the shelf, and, there's, <laughs> and the cashier's got to say like at Publix, "Did you find everything you were looking for? Is there anything we can do?" Mm-hmm. Just a few things like that, which we do at Disney. We don't point to where the restaurant is. We show you. We take you there. You know the little things that. And these are cumulative. If you go through this for a week at Disney, you go, wow, oh, man. Every time we had an encounter, uh, it was amazing. That's why when the cast member doesn't do it well, the guests go into shock. They can't believe somebody was rude or and there's some of that right now that they're working through because uh, kind of this last uh, administration kind of annoyed everybody. So uh, they're trying to get back on track with uh, and they will, they will. Bob Iger will be a good example to get back on track of doing the most important thing, which is take care of the guests and uh, get the hassle. So every company has these ups and downs. You know, we go too far one way, then we go too far the other way. We have too many people, then we don't have enough. And then we cut prices and then we raise prices. I mean, it's like every organization we we're trying to stay on that fine line in the middle and we're never on it. We're always too far one way or the other. And that's what leadership and management is about. Getting us back closer to the line of perfection. You just
0: do the best you can. Lee, uh, so, you know, and, uh, talking about your time. you at, know what
1: great looks like, then you know what?
0: Yeah. So talking about your time at Disney. where? Okay. So talking about your time yeah. at Disney. Uh, tell us about one of the biggest challenges that you, that you faced and how you were able to overcome it.
1: Well, the biggest, I would say, looking back was 9-11 that morning when we lost 35% of our business canceled that day after the planes hit. And we had to take $400 million out of our cost base. That was to really stay even halfway profitable. And uh, I was the head of the group. We went in a room for seven days, eight days, for three weeks, seven days a week. And I backed off and I let the two people report to me kind of take over because one was an industrial engineer and one had deeper uh, business experience than I did. And I sat behind them and I let them lead and it didn't bother me at all. And I told people that I said, you know, Carl and Aaron, they know they they have better thinking on how to do this because their education, their experience and and we, you know, we. We were tri- we we were going to save the four hundred million and not lay off anybody. That was hard. I mean, t- I'm telling you, it was hard. And uh, so that was th- the hardest thing you always have in business is when you got to lay somebody off or terminate them. This is I don't even if they didn't perform because you're affecting their family. Nobody wants to do that. We all don't like to do it. I hated it. It's the thing I hated the most was having to deal with non-performance and getting rid of somebody. But uh So that was that kind of stuff or when uh, a recession where you have the same thing, it's like nine 11, no planes, but business goes down the tubes and you're in a recession right now. It's tough over there. Inflation and uh, can't find people. Turnover is really tough uh, coming and going because people don't stay long enough to love it. You know, it's just a job at first. It becomes really special after you've been there a while. You see the opportunities for the future, but when you first come in, if you know you're serving hamburgers, hey, yeah, I can serve hamburgers down the street near my house. Uh, so uh, leadership has a lot to do to get those people feeling good about being there and taking care. It's like bonding with a baby; you got to do it right away and stay close to them so they don't leave. So they feel like they're going to have a good future here, a good career. They're going to get trained, they're going to get development, and they're going to have a their life's going to get better if they stay at Disney long term. So. It's complicated and it's hard. It's kind of like raising kids, you know. It takes a long time. <laughs> and you worry, and you have ups and downs. And you go, God. And then one day they turn out to be great people, and you go, Wow. Yeah. And somebody said, Lee, you have such a great son, or you have great game kids. I said, You don't know what I went through. <laughs> you know, were they great every day? No. <laughs> but uh, you do, but it turns out, it's how it turns out, <laughs> not the ups and downs in between. It's how it turns out, yeah,
2: so, yeah. All right, well, Lee, let's talk about technology. Uh, you were around uh, during your tenure with uh, the Walt, you know, with Disney and Walt Disney were when they introduced the uh, Magic Bands, you know, revolutionary at the time, but now you have, you know, these apps, you have Genie Plus, you have digital signage. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, you know, where do you see... The integration of technology into the park experience
1: yeah it's the same thing Uh, magic bands and all that happened after i left they were working on it at the time when i retired but uh technology is coming and people are either going to use it for the right thing or the bad thing a lot of people are using it just to cut labor and to make the guests do everything and it's not very good and they don't make sure it works right but it's going to come and uh we just have to keep that balance of when when a, when a <laughs> guest needs to talk to a person that they can do that, or when they're having trouble with the technology, there's a, somebody nearby that can help them with it. Because uh, a lot of people are paralyzed with technology; they get into their they don't know what to do next because it doesn't work, uh, uh, the bandwidth is not right, or something. So it's a balance. It's always been, you know. I'm probably how Henry. Ford felt. How do we get people to feel good about the car and give up the horse? <laughs> it's always that problem. And, uh, and you got to think about it. You got a lot of constituents. You got people 60, 70, 80 years old coming to the parks and you got kids that are two, three, four, five, and the kids that are 12, 13, 14, they can use technology like with their eyes closed. And then uh, mom and dad are still struggling with it. And, uh, so it's a balance. It's just, a uh, if the guests like it, it's good. If you're getting too many complaints and they're not happy with it, you've got to figure out how to get that balance back in. So it may be technology and having people available. And uh, you know, we're we're just trying to wean labor away. You know, we have a call center with two thousand operators in it. We'd like to have a call center with nobody in it. We'd like for the guests to go online and do everything, but that's not possible yet because it just doesn't work yet well enough and it's not uh, reliable enough. And, uh, and uh, you know, when we think technology is not that old, you know, really, when you think about it. Somebody reminded me today, the technology person from Disney, where she said, you know, Lee, you were the first one to have a Blackberry. Oh my God, I forgot all about Blackberry. I mean, can you imagine? And before that, we hadn't, we had a, a beeper with an earphone. People would beep us if they were, I mean, in my lifetime, it's uh, so for a lot of and then I got grandkids. They're fine. So we got to just keep balance. It's got to be whatever it is. I got to not be frustrated with doing business with you. And uh, we got to keep surveying guests, keep an eye on that and have alternatives to people get there. And another 10, 15 years, we'll all be dead and all the young people know how to do it. <laughs> there won't be any problem. But uh, that's right. why like people like me, I still have to get a computer guy to help me with certain things I still don't know how to do. And my grandkids, they can do it in a snap. And I'm going like, how do you do this? How do you get this? How do you find that? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Balance. I, we have, a. my wife has a Lexus. We don't know how to use half the stuff in the car. I swear to God. We can barely get the radio on. <laughs> it's like... We pay all this extra for all this stuff. We don't even use it because mm-hmm. we don't know how. I can barely get my much door opener synchronized with the car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like crazy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Lee, let me so ask you this. Uh, we're going through some time. Technology is roaring ahead and uh, faster than a lot of us can adapt. Absolutely. will be successful, the ones who adapt. You know, mm-hmm. you got to adapt. That's what the, the world's changing faster than ever now. Yeah. You'll be one day not too long. You'll be going to London in two hours.
0: You know <laughs> those Concorde jets, right? <laughs> and
1: there'll be a lot of people don't like that idea. They're going up in orbit. <laughs> no. yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's always a balance, and it's always listening to your customers and listening mm-hmm. to your employees. Your employees and customers know everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. They either like it or they don't like it. And if you get a good relationship, they'll tell you, and then you can make adjustments. And then, you, as it gets better, you can make other adjustments, and events yeah, so you can play over to that because if now everybody knows what. Anything mm-hmm. we implement, nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> especially with Disney, fifty-two million visitors a year, a <laughs> million people every week, and they're international language issues. <laughs> I mean, just think of the English. The, the number of people come here and don't speak English, and they have those <laughs> devices and. Yeah.
0: yeah. Pretty tough. Pretty tough. Lee, uh, you know you worked with all the Disney resorts, and um, I, I got to ask: like, there's there's so many of them. There's I, I can't even send a number off the top of my head as to how many yeah. Disney resorts are. But which one is your favorite? After all is said and done,
1: today, Animal Kingdom Lodge.
0: Oh, good. Chance. Animal Kingdom
1: Lodge, I would say because my grandkids were little when it opened. We went there and it was just magical. They would come running in and tell us their animals were out and right out outside the room. And it's such a, it's a sweet place. It's very very uh, exotic. I really liked it a lot. That and Wilderness Lodge. I think those two would probably be my favorite. They just had that really uh, good feeling that we liked. So yeah, they were great. Grand Floridians, great hotel. It's not, I don't like high luxury. <laughs> I'm not the guy that wants somebody, uh, you know, picking up after me. I like to, I'm a Hampton Inn guy. You're a Hampton Inn guy. <laughs> <laughs> you a Hampton Inn where parking's free, internet's free, breakfast is free, and there's no check-in line.
0: I like it. I like it.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, well, Lee, um, you know, we appreciate your time tonight. Uh, you know, we enjoyed the conversation, a lot of great insights there on leadership and Culture and other things. um You know, one more time, let everybody know where they can find your books, where they can find your podcast. Yeah, just go to
1: cockerel.com and everything. I put it in one place because I'm getting so old, I don't want to forget where it is. <laughs> so uh, I put everything that's on my website. Some is free, some stuff you can buy, other stuff is the podcast is free. There's 400 episodes there. They're only 15 minutes each. I guarantee if you start listening to
0: them, you'll learn a lot. Yeah. Because
1: I said I know more than everybody else
0: because I'm old. <laughs> I, well, I can attest to the podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, in preparation when for this old, episode, you know I, I listened yeah. to several episodes, and a lot of them are are really yeah. interesting and really inspiring, and really uh, a lot of times it's kind of like I wish my leader would have known that that sort of thing. You know, so Lee, once again, really an honor to have you on the show. Yeah. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's good to see you. Good. It was fun to see you at the AEPAs show. So hang in there. Be nice to people. Know your wife you love her and uh, life should turn out pretty good. Awesome.
0: Well, Lee Cockrell, everybody <laughs> right. at LeeCockrell.com for his podcast, as well as his several books about leadership, business, retaining employees. Just just read his books. You need to hear what this guy has to say even more than we heard tonight. So everyone, thank you for listening. <laughs> Follow us on, on Twitter at Attractions underscore GRP. Uh, Search for us on YouTube and subscribe. Just search for the Attractions Group Podcast and search for us on your favorite podcast apps. Good night, everybody.